Alright. Three, two, one, go. There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? What's wrong with the water next to your bed? It tastes old. There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of spoilers? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We did it. Really nervous over here, producing, podcasting, (laughs) hosting at the same time. Sorry. Got the jitters tonight for the Signs episode. This is an amazing special episode. We've been waiting to do Signs for years in a way way that few other movies have been waited for. It's amazing. And we got Brother Jordan here with us tonight. (sighs) (laughs) Why would you say that? Where's the train whistle? (laughs) I don't know. Because it's the He's back. Oh, we got it. (laughs) No brother Jordan, but we have a lot of brothers here with us. Let's Mm. get everyone introduced. Kylo, um, do you want to start with you? I didn't give anyone the heads up on this. We'll go westest to eastest tonight. But my question to you is Meryl in this movie, Joaquin Phoenix's character, he has like the home run that everyone knows about, 507 feet. What is your personal 507-foot home run? And if you didn't have one, that's fine. What is one you would have liked to have? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I understood you know, it. You know, I understood that one. Like, What are you known about town for? Like, What's your, what's your like accomplishment that you feel like? That's mine. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Corey, mm. Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. Uh, I once did an eight ball of meth and drank a fifth of whiskey in one night. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Holy shit. Is that the strikeout record or is that the home run record? It was my finest record? hour, guys. No, I, that's not true. That didn't happen. Let's not put that on the record. Uh, I haven't really achieved much in life. You guys know me. I'm just kind of like a bum. Like I haven't really like done much, you know? I I work and I have a very small apartment and very few personal belongings. So I don't know if I have something like that. You know, I'm very proud of my podcast in terms of like things that I, I've created. Uh, I don't know if you want to count like your kids in that area. I created her, I guess. She's pretty great. <laughs> Kylo, I heard I heard a stat that if your podcast, any podcast, goes over twenty episodes, you're automatically in the top like ten percent or one, which is a billion podcasts. Really, podcasts, really? But still <laughs> crazy like that. But that I mean, it shows dedication to it. Yeah, yeah. There's like tens of thousands of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> there are more podcasts that have had signs as their first episode <laughs> than podcasts that have gone twenty episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us go. 100 episodes from Big Dumb Movie, Kylo. That's pretty yeah, thank good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure by the time this is out, episode 100 of Big Dumb Movie will be out. And it's a very special episode. 
truly truly amazing in my opinion like a work of art that episode i know i'm tooting my own horn here but it's a good one i gotta say i don't know big having big dumb movie has been like a a very positive thing in my life and also i guess getting sober was a big one for me people that knew me before i got sober that uh, don't recognize me now so i think that's probably a good thing Well, we're glad to have you on Spoilers, too. And someone who was on Spoilers Episode 1 out in Chicago. Mikey, do you have a 507-foot home run of your own? Really wish we could have gotten a heads up on this question. I am a normal person. Don't have any records or anything like that. Uh, Got a normal job. Well, then what one would you want to have? There's a part two. There's an easy way uh, out, right? So how many 4-H fairs would you rob if you were Stevie, for instance? I don't know. I don't even like records. Like, who cares? What does it matter? I don't know. The 100-meter sprint is, like, the only record I can think of that, like, would actually mean anything to anybody, I guess. But records don't mean anything at all. I haven't had a meltdown like this on an opening question <laughs> since Brett on the Seinfeld episode. So I'm sorry. This is a dumb question. Josh, I think you're great. I really do. I love what you do. But I just think it'd be a little of an like some time. I don't know. Just a small note here. Hey, you want to get high, man? This hot movie got wooden balls, man. I got to Too late for that. Pappy, <laughs> keep going. Okay, <laughs> Pappy, recording in the room. I've uh, never hit a 420 foot home run, Josh. So I don't know. I was pretty bad at baseball. A 507. I was trying to think. Plays it, Josh. <laughs> My, uh, I don't know. Um, oddly, like one of the things I'm most proud of is when you can go like through a whole town and only hit green lights. And one time. I drove through Three Rivers, Michigan, coast to coast of the city, didn't hit a yellow a or a red light. Green the whole <laughs> one time. Go through Three Rivers, all green. One time I did it, and dude, by the end I was like, ah! like with each light, like <laughs> happy. Did you buy a lotto ticket that day? No, I should have. Happy still walks down those streets, and some old dude is like, <laughs> "Look, son, there's that guy. There's the, every- all of the greens. Babe. There's a legendary smart car. There it goes." This is a real Little Giants halftime story, like a good story, but probably not true. You know? <laughs> I swear. To God. Wow. Okay, I forgot. I don't like Pap. I think Pap's gonna lower the bar that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Pap's just got a driving one. I could drive from Dunlap to Goshen with using only my knees. I've done that before. Whoa, that's pretty good. But that's like two turns. I drove from South Bend to Bloomington only using the cruise control buttons on the 2000 Dodge Grand Caravan I had. Didn't touch the brake Whoa, or the accelerator. That, that's crazy. Slowed down and sped <laughs> up yeah, using the buttons. That was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. No real athletic or other achievements wise. It doesn't have to of. be athletic. That's where Kylo and Mikey need to like open up their minds a little bit. It would be cool. I don't like records. Why don't you ask us an alien question? We've asked so many (laughs) alien questions recently. You know, I I couldn't even do alien trivia because there's been so many alien (laughs) questions. Because we know all the answers. We do. We've talked about it all. (laughs) Do you remember this, Stevie? I think it was like 
you, me, Brighton, Roberto in elementary school, like I was way into the Guinness Book of World Records mm-hmm. and there was a record that was like longest card playing marathon mm-hmm. and it was only 24 hours. And at the time I was like, you guys, we can get in the Guinness Book of World Records. It's had to have been beaten by now. It's so. like, it's like weeks low. now. I Is think. it? Yeah. It's like 24 <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> so between Kramer and... Uh, Newman playing Risk. Yeah, I don't know. Like any of those Guinness Book of World Records ones, like Fattest Twins, like those guys on the motorcycles, that'd be pretty cool. The guy who had the longest fingernails. That I love that book. Stevie, what do you think? What's your long shot? Well, me and a team of some really great guys were recently just in a bricker competition amongst 19 teams, and we placed fourth with a recipe that I suggested. So I was real proud of that. What was the recipe? Huh? What was in it? Like, Just describe it at a high level for our international hungry audience. Extremely German burger. There was bratwurst. Uh, in the in the patty. In the patty, yeah. There was bratwurst in the patty. There was uh, some really spicy uh, groundstone mustard. We had some sweet and sour cabbage that was homemade on a pretzel bun. It was a huge. It was a huge undertaking. We did like 700 burgers that day. Damn. And that was a great experience. Um... This is a tough one. Biggest fair robbery would be your. I mean, that's like the dream, right? It's like, <laughs> what is the, like the most money netted in the night? Is that what you're hoping for? Just like the most fear, most carnies ripped off. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like you know, outside of charitable organizations, you know, if there was an opening, hey, you know, they, who, you know, a lot of cash, most cows, through. dipped. a lot of cash, <laughs> most cows dipped. Well, this is Josh from Goshen. Um, I hit five three-pointers against Wawasee. Oh, God. In, <laughs> in like freshman or JV. Was this a question bit. just for you to say this? I feel like Josh really wanted to get this off his chest. Al Bundy over here. Oh, I didn't really think about that until right now. Bundy. But my real answer that I wanted to put out there for this was that I am also on a podcast like Kylo that I'm very proud of. Spoilers. Brimstone fire. And this movie, Signs, (laughs) is a lot about brothers. And I was able to get Brother Jordan after hundreds of years in absentia, (gasps) hundreds of episodes in absentia, back on the pod. Tonight? Tonight. Jordan? Hello, friends. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy fuck! Whoa! It's a Whoa. hoax. Holy shit! I'm gonna call. I'm, it's a crop circle. I don't believe it. Jordan? I've come down out of the attic. Jordan? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't Holy believe it. It's not really so him. that is my personal accomplishment. I'd like to be known after we were fucking for. around about it at the beginning. This is ChatGPT, isn't it? Jordan GPT. I, I couldn't find the train whistle. I'm so sad. God damn uh, well, uh, I think Mike's got. <laughs> Jordan, do you want to give this opening sh- question a shot? Do you have a personal accomplishment? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix 507 foot home run equivalent? Um, my favorite personal accomplishment, um, I think it's probably... Uh, gathering the courage after two and a half, three years to watch this movie again. Oh, Um, man. Sat through it last (laughs) night and woof. I, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. So that's, that's, that's the one. It gets pretty (laughs) spooky, doesn't it? Indeed. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, what Jordan's last episode was. Stigmata. Power Rangers. <laughs> Stigmata. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie Signs. We've been talking about Signs for a long time, Pappy, but Mm -hmm. not everyone knows about Signs. Mm -hmm. If you're going to tell someone about Signs for the first time, someone that had never seen the movie, how would you start giving them that elevator pitch? First, I would say it's a pretty solid mid-tier Shyamalan. Like, it doesn't have a lot of the... Stevie's put his hand way above his head. Mid-tier? Yeah, that's really hot take for Okay, because I would not put it anywhere near on the level of Sixth Sense or even Unbreakable. Stevie's saying it's up there. You can speak, Use your words. (laughs) I don't want to interrupt Pat. (laughs) Stevie's favorite movie, Unbreakable? No. uh, I think this is Shyamalan at his best. I would say... This is his best work. I would say this is a, a long shot. A very like religious movie too. Like like you know how there's like five really shitty Christian movies a year that come out from like independent movie studios that What's make that? like one 5 billion that dollars makes the same each. one every time. This Pure is like flicks. Thank you. This would be like the best one <laughs> of those by far. Like it's also an alien horror movie too at the same time. I feel like you say that disingenuously disingenuously because when we were on our way over here in the car you said with like pure disgust in your voice I didn't remember this movie being so religious. I did not say it like that. <laughs> yes you did. They <laughs> no, to bring God into it. It was a clear turn off for you. No 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 I, I well first of all is M. Night a religious dude? Like I would say by his first three or four films yeah. I have known nothing about him. Like in, I mean, the Sixth Sense has a lot of religious overtones. Uh, yeah, Unbreakable does as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Signs is pretty on the nose. Uh, it's Avatar: not, The Last Airbender. Like there's religious. a lot of pews and church <laughs> in the village. <laughs> well, let's get into that. What religion is Mel Gibson's character? Because he's wearing a collar as if he's a Catholic priest, but he's married to a woman and has a family. So I'm a little bit confused. Is this? An order I'm just not familiar with. It's it's not Catholic proper for sure, though. No, not they call they call him a reverend, right? Yeah. Yes. That be, yeah. Well, well, he's not Jewish. We know that. <laughs> he's like an Amish Mennonite. Is that a rabbi? <laughs> it is Pennsylvania. Yeah. I thought that was implied. He to wear a collar like that, the white priest collar. Dude, they yeah they dress like that. Ah. Who's they, Pat, Mikey? Pat, they? Pat, Pat, Amish no, Mennonites. <laughs> I truly well, think... Are they Amish or are they Mennonites? Okay, there's a there's an actual answer for this. It's a <laughs> former Epicospal priest. Hmm. So he left the priesthood? So I guess they just model their dress after that. But it really is like... He looks like a Catholic priest. And some lady, like a cashier, wants to give him confession, which is also a very Catholic thing. Like... Protestants don't give confession. That's part of the whole thing. Like M. You, Knight told him that he was, was a, a Catholic Mel, Mel choice. Yeah, that's how they got him in the door. <laughs> really? For this. No, I oh, just say, Is that really that word? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Listen, I, I want know. to be a priest with a family. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't give me the collar. Jordan, you're part of my like original nuclear family. Love having you back here on the pod. Nuclear, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Tell, can't believe Jordan's here. <laughs> this time. Tell us a little bit about 
the nuclear family in signs who who do we hang out with most of the time well we've got reverend graham uh, don't call him Bo father <laughs> <laughs> we got Bo, uh the spooky ghost little girl um, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was she, dead she always pops up when people like snap open their eyes um Joaquin Phoenix is uh, Uncle Merrill, and then uh, Morgan, played by I think the creepiest Gulkin. Uh, not sure, but yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kylo, that is the nuclear family, but this movie, what really looms large is an event that happened about six months prior to what you see on screen here, right? Right. Yes, there was a death in the family. This movie does a lot of things pretty well in terms of setup. I think. Maybe aside from the intro credits, which like give this movie a different vibe than what it is. But after the intro credits, I think the first thing we see in frame is a photo of the family, the husband, the wife, and the two kids. Uh, But that's not what this family is anymore because the wife is no longer with us. She was in a accident. She was hit by a car and she has been dead for a little while. So we're dealing with this family that's kind of going through some shit right now. They're still going through grief, and the the brother of Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix's character, Merrill, has moved in with him. Stevie, what's Mel Gibson's state here as the movie starts out? I, I think he has the best maybe arc. <laughs> the movie is kind of about his faith well, journey. Well, I hope so, yeah. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy it's not about Merrill getting back into baseball. I wanted. I just want to say the word faith journey cleanly, and then pass it to you. But what's the beginning of it here for him? Um, what you think is kind of like a because we don't know any of this information going into the movie. We literally, we literally wake up with Mel Gibson as he's getting out of bed. I imagine a dream about his wife because that seems to be a very common thing in this movie. What you think is kind of like a normal dad waking up on a Saturday, like woke up early looking over here, looking over here, just kind of walking about the house, is a very broken man. Uh, This is a man who committed his life to God and now hates him or doesn't, refuses to believe in him with a passion. And it's a pretty brilliant story arc. It's one that, um, for book readers out there, read the book Revival. One of the main antagonists of that movie is pretty much Mel Gibson in book form, and it's his character, it's really great. I think Mel Gibson is pretty good in this role. Can I pitch something to you guys, though? What if this was not Mel Gibson, but Tom Hanks playing this part? Oh, I, I never thought about that. <laughs> because, I don't know, like, Mel Gibson... What if it was Jesus Christ himself playing Henry... the parts? <laughs> like... Jim Caviezel? Jim Caviezel, yeah. No. JC? <laughs> I, I don't like there's something about with the dialogue though with this movie that's just weird you know like, I don't like that's why I can't even call it like a great movie like you know what I mean there's something that just feels off when the characters are talking stilted to each other I, I just hard disagree sometimes it is like that sometimes I think for the most part it works really well the way I took it was this man like committed his life to God as like pretty much a provider and not much of a nurturer and when he lost that in his wife and their mom, he doesn't know how to connect with his children. I also don't That's why, to me, it sounds very stilted. I don't think he ever wants to say any words to anyone, basically. Every yeah. word that comes out of his mouth is almost, like, held back and then, like, 
Okay, I'll talk now. Yeah. This is the part where like, the cop comes in and she's talking about the lady that sneezed or spit on all of the skateboards. It's like, it's so <laughs> weird. Like, I don't... Right, those are the moments where the dialogue is strange, right? Yeah. And like Joaquin Phoenix saying like, shouldn't the kids be playing Furry Furry Rabbit? What's Furry Furry Rabbit? I don't know, it's a game. Something like that. <laughs> like those moments are awkward. I don't think it's necessarily the way the lead here, Graham Mel Gibson, conveys yeah. his dialogue. I think that kind of stuff works well. I think a lot of it is just like they're in shock for ninety percent of the movie, and they're just talking weird because their brains are fried from all this alien news. Well, they're also like just staring wide-eyed into the camera for like eighty percent of the shots, yes. which is a little tough. <laughs> yes, they are, man. They're looking right into your soul. Mel Gibson staring, man. Like I said, little ghost Bo Peep. <laughs> yeah, little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, herself. I, it's hard to read. I do think there are awkward times, but I think within the course of like where the family is in their moment of grief, a lot of that awkwardness maybe makes sense mm-hmm. in a way. And the movie looks great too. There's an opening shot. I think it's like when after uh, the creepiest Culkin stabs the dog. Rory? Yeah, but it's like... How is he more creepy than Macaulay? Like, are you guys serious pull about up a this? a picture of Rory McCulkin. I mean, Kieran <laughs> is the most home. successful by far. <laughs> yeah, that IMDb pick is damning. It's tough. <laughs> Do you guys Dude, not remember? Rory Culkin was in Black Mirror this last season, and he basically plays like a Charles Manson stand-in. He's fucking perfect. Creepy dude. That sounds freaky. <laughs> but it's it's right after he stabs a dog, and it's a shot of the house, and I think it's like Joe Quinn coming out, and it just looks fucking amazing. Like it's so pretty, the shot of the house. Then it pans over, and all of a sudden the cop is like sitting there with the dog, like in super up close focus in the frame. Like I don't know, this movie is really pretty looking. Mm-hmm. Like I love the cinematography in it. That was want- like one of the only issues I had with the movie was how clean the house was and how clean the outside was. It's got the outline of the dusty cross where I, it was. On the house. If like I need to see shots of Joe Quinn doing a lot of cleaning, a lot of picking up. If you're really gonna like commit to getting rid of God in your house, take the cross down and then wipe the dust off too. It's you can still <laughs> yeah. see it there as a reminder every day. Keep some pledge. <laughs> He just got to—he's got to swing that baseball bat one time, and it wipes all the dust. <laughs> <laughs> the wind. Well, maybe we can get to the grief stuff a little later because I—I I think this is really a movie about grief with aliens in it, rather than an alien movie with grief in it. Mm-hmm. But let's get to the to the cool parts of the oh, movie. Oh, the cool! I'll start off when we start revealing this epic genius slow reveal of aliens that this movie does i love it so much but the first one we see i think is a shadow on a roof through a window it's a really touching moment that mel gibson is having with his daughter it's a moment of grief they're remembering the mom and the wife but in the middle of that moment Do you guys love this movie making right here? Don't they show it for just long enough? Isn't it just visible and just not visible? Just kind of perfect for your mind to just kind of like shatter. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's an ominous like silhouette of a humanoid figure, right? Mm-hmm. And if you know what you're going into with this movie, if you've seen the trailer or a poster, you know it's aliens. 
but it's still it's like a good way to build that up and it kind of does the the jaws effect in this movie which i think is really good thing for horror movies like the blair witch project where you don't have to necessarily show it at all or that much right you have to like imply it and you have to like set the the mood i think that's much more important than like showing the monster i know a lot of people want to see the monster but i think it's better to kind of like build it maybe that's why i love the paranormal activity so much i know they're divisive but that's really like my speed mm mm-hmm. mhm well, and definitely to the movie's benefit, because when we do see the alien up close, it looks pretty dumb. Like, the CGI green alien is probably one of the things that <laughs> looks right, like the Pap, worst. All right, Pap, get a new slant. What do you mean? You hate signs. I don't hate signs. <laughs> I don't hate signs. We get Jordan back after three years, and you're pulling this. Yeah, give us your no and move on, Pap. <laughs> Mikey, what are some more early signs of the aliens we see? Before we see them, to Peppy's point, uh, we get crop circles, which uh, the kids find well, like right at the beginning of the of uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. I like this movie because it it does get into the creepiness right away. Uh, that's like the first thing that they find, and we have the officer come and try to explain how these crop circles could come to be with just a couple of guys and some rope and board, but. Uh, there's always some doubt in the back of Graham's mind about kind of what's going on with everything. And uh, the crop circles are they are kind of popping up uh, all over the place. So it seems like it's either a super elaborate hoax or it's something more than that. And nobody has the answers yet. That was my favorite reveal of the movie was the crop circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it does that thing where, you know, we just get Mel Gibson and the creepy Culkin kid looking at one another. <laughs> and, you know, they eventually look at each other. Creepy Culkin points his face, points Mel Gibson's face at the crop circle. But it would have been so easy to quick cut to like a big shot of the crop circle. But we get a very slow like pullback of Mel Gibson walking on these crops. And you really don't understand what's going on until they actually do a big reveal. And it's awesome. I feel like M. Night must have like been trying to channel Jurassic Park in that moment. I feel like it's like the Brachiosaurus dinosaur reveal, right? Like the person isn't focused on it. So like the person that is focused on it, like turns the other person's head toward it. And then they do this like big reveal of what they're looking at. Gave me that energy. Did uh, the alien reveal scare you, Jordan, when you were a youth? Because this was picked. This was like the movie that scarred you from Aliens. Right? Like, what about this? Was it the crop circles? Was it the, the shadowy alien figure? Thanks, Pat. Vamanos. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate that. <laughs> Vamanos chills. Yes, Vamanos. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I will say that, like, I think the first half-ish of this movie, I I do think, like, really got my heart thumping a little bit, and it does get, like, kind of dumber as it moves on. Um, But I don't know. I I mean... As Stevie said, I think there are some really good shots here. Like that pullback shot on the crop circles are really good. Uh, uh, is a really good one. There's also like the one where they finally come upstairs from the basement. That's like a I'm missing the technical term for it, but like it's a long shot where you kind of are pulling back and you follow uh, Father Graham into like the closet to get the TV, and they finally come back and like you see the alien and the um, and the reflection of the TV. So I don't I don't know. M Night is doing some work here. It, it, to say it's mid, Pappy, that's harsh, man. Dogs are also really prominent here. 
in the whole oh, movie, aren't they, Jordan? You got a couple of do- doges yourself, yeah. <laughs> the the doges did not like this movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> so much barking, so like such tension as well, and I I think they could feel my like I said my heart thumping, especially. <laughs> I, uh, Jot, whoever has the noise going in this podcast, the 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 music, even in the intro sequence. I know Kylo said it was dumb, but. I could like feel that immediately, like oh no, taking me back to when I was twelve years old. I love the music. <laughs> the music. Well, the music so in the it's creepy in the opening credits. It it seems like they're trying to channel like a fifties like sci-fi movie of sorts. Yes. Yes. But the rest of the movie doesn't really feel like that. It really feels like an M Night movie, and it's easy to say that in retrospect. Well, there we go. <laughs> It's hard, like, M. Night was on top of the fucking world when this movie came out. You know what I mean? Like, he's feeling himself to the point. I, I love his, like, introduction in the movie when the family's like, that's him. There he is. It's fucking M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> it's the guy. It's like holding an Oscar. <laughs> it is up there with Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction levels of director cameos, for sure. <laughs> Pappy, we're yeah. st- to me, we're still on early signs of aliens in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at in the pod. And I want to hear you hate on this scene. I'm not. I dare you. I'm not here to be the hater. <laughs> Just call him like You're here to be the hater. <laughs> You're the heel. Just embrace it. <laughs> You'll the fuck scene, him that Shyamalan. I feel like Joaquin Phoenix's character opens up a little bit and starts leading for the first time. And mm. him and Mel Gibson need to check around the house because these Woodford boys might be afoot. Yeah. The, the Woodford boys. The, <laughs> the Hardly brothers. Wolfington brothers. <laughs> the, the Wolftron brothers. Yeah. Um, this, and this is where I was channeling. Lionel Pritchard trivia. and his family. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I was channeling Tom Hanks because there's like such like a, a G-golly to um, Mel Gibson's character. Where it's like, dude, I've heard you say horrible things on tape yeah. before. At this it's point, like you can see Mel, point, Mel Gibson choke slamming an alien. Yeah, he's like, so it's, I cursed. I said ass. Like it's yeah, dude. I've heard you say way worse yeah. things about entire groups of people on this. <laughs> I'm not here to hate, guys. <laughs> no, but I mean, like they're trying. I I don't know. Like Corey said, there's like just enough mystery, right? Like we don't see the actual alien as they're running around the house. It's spooky. The, I think the corn is to great effect too, and they have to run through the corn to try to find stuff. Yeah, a lot of like crooks of doors underneath. A lot of backlighting. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Yeah. It looks good. And Pappy, it, no result. I don't think that uh, Tom Hanks could could cut like Mel Gibson does with those braces on his legs, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> Forrest Gump. He's got he's got wheels. <laughs> he would have chased down the alien. <laughs> wheels. Stevie, I feel like we get to a point where we're not really questioning if it's aliens anymore. In our character, that's a good thing. Our characters that's in the movie really have really come to terms with the threat, too, right? Over time, it just builds. Where, in your mind, where is it like, we've embraced this and now we have to move forward in this new reality? And, and are you okay with like the news? Because I know you hate news in movies. I feel like it's done really <laughs> well here, actually. Like, I feel I like it. it's done well because in a movie like this, it'd be stupid not to watch the news. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those things where, I mean, this is a global, you know, altering event. 
So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, people would be glued to their TV. It's not like the Ghostbusters are out and about and we need to see a, you know, a montage of news. <laughs> I hate that scene so much. But um, you mean like where the whole family's fully embraced it? Josh? Yeah, I do think there's like, what, just talk about the turn maybe. Feel free to slow roll it if you want to. I mean, there's definitely a pantry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the uh, the big one where, and this is, I mean, movies are notorious for this and I really despise it, where I just want to scream at the characters, if you talked normal, this would be a lot more fluid because that scene between M. Night and Mel Gibson is so hard to watch. It's very coded. It's not very fluid. It's not how a person would talk to another human. From the M. Night character's perspective, he has an alien locked in a pantry. And, he is and he's <laughs> talking in codes. Yeah. yeah. He's what? in Everybody's shock. Everybody's going through it. I mean... He's in double shock. He killed a woman, on. and he's got an alien in his fucking pantry. You it, guys would you guys would have like a three-paragraph essay ready to go? I'd oh. be saying a lot of F words. I'd be shaking someone at the collar. I'd be like, hey, dude, come look at this. Come, go, 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 go. Like, we, yeah. like <laughs> get a gun. Hey, I would, come here. Like, I, I, mean, I would immediately turn into Buddy Duris, like from Good Time. Like, it would be like, so big. Dude, there's a fucking alien in my fucking pantry, bro. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I mean, we are in, we are in Pennsylvania Farmville, USA. Right. There should be some guns. There should be a gun in every other room in every other dresser. Mm-hmm. Like they have coyotes they got to deal yes. with. Merrill's got that. In thing. that much <laughs> land, if the if the Wolfington brothers were that much of an issue, like <laughs> time to get the guns. It it just seems weird that Mel Gibson is also a pacifist, as is Merrill. It's just very weird. I don't know if Merrill is though. You know, Merrill is considering joining the military, maybe, and also he seems like. Just like a tough dude. Like he's ready to like throw down with, I guess, his neighbors when he thinks it's them that's outside their house. It's really an alien. Uh, he also beats the shit out of an alien with a baseball bat, which is like my favorite thing of this movie. Because like when you think about that in your head, it's like really funny. It's not funny when you watch in the movie, but it's funny to like think back on. It's like, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix takes a bat and he just like beats the shit out of an alien with it. Well, he also like makes that dude flinch in the recruiting office as well. He likes he like goes at him a little bit, and it like the other guy is clearly kind of like spooked by it. The recruiting officer, best fucking character in any movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that dude. He's like catching flies. His mouth never closes. Perviest guy in the movie. It looks like he's a cartoon character that they like extracted from a cartoon and <laughs> put into the real world. The recruiting guy, an FMV movie. I don't have a problem with the recruiting guy. The the Fonzie guy who's in there is like he also sets the strikeout record too. It's like how closely do you guys follow fucking minor league baseball where you know <laughs> it's huge <laughs> out there, man? Single A, man. It's competitive. That guy's got to be like a high school teammate that got shafted by him or something like that. Like he's holding a grudge for so long been tracking his stats Dude, all that guy cares about <laughs> yeah. is jumping over sharks his switchblade comb that he has in his pocket like who is driving that? his red corvette through sunnyvale <laughs> yeah. right yeah the actor that plays him is michael showalter and to me he's very recognizable because he's in a movie i love called wet hot american summer and it's a comedy and it's a very goofy comedy and he's like a very goofy guy 
So it's weird to see him in this M. Night movie, which does have some elements of comedy in it, but is not generally a goofy movie, this one. Not generally. It's not the goofy movie. No, no. Goofy. Nor is it an extremely goofy movie, the sequel. <laughs> Recruiter is really weird. Mm-hmm. For a recruiter, he's just a strange cat. He's a strange dude, right? He gives weird energy. Maybe that's why he's a recruiter. They're like, we don't want these. I don't want him around. Like, send him out to recruit and bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. We can't have this guy with us like, at the base. He's a three stars kid. He just yeah. couldn't make it, so they made him a recruiter. They left the house so that Mel Gibson could get like the kids away from like television and the news and the kids immediately just find their way into some shop owner who's watching TV and they're all just watching Soda. TV together. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just any shop owner. I it's Big it. Al from Blood In, Blood Out. What? Who is it? It's Big Al from Blood In, Blood Out. No. Yeah. The prison, the yeah. lunch lady lands. Just, just, don't, quote yeah, him. don't quote him. Don't quote him. <laughs> Colkin comes up. He's like, can I get an alien book? And he goes, in your dreams, Macaulay. In your dreams. <laughs> Sorry, Nortortillas. <laughs> the bookstore looks amazing. I Abigail Breslin's great. The Macaulay kid, the, the uh what's his name? Not Kieran Culkin. Not Kieran inferior Culkin. Culkin? Yeah. The right. lowest tier of Culkin. He's yeah. he sucks, dude. Like, what is going on with this kid in this movie? He's way too like Precocious. Okay. Yeah, I'm got, in, yeah, I think he's got the asthma. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's got the asthma. I don't get too close. <laughs> it's just weird. Like the way he's talking about, like they're going to engage in hand to hand combat. And when he's saying, like, you're going to want to remember this day. Like, you're going to tell your children about this day. Like, this, this changes science forever. Like, he's just, he's not a real child. I hate him. I, I can't stand him. Right. He has that classic movie kid uh, kind of tone of a kid that is a kid but acts like an adult and talks like an adult sorry he's not playing it's kind of reminded me of like book of henry (laughs) yeah but at least in book of henry he's like a super genius so i guess it makes sense he also taped over swimsuit special so don't you think there's a little bit of like oh my mom died and my dad's been absent so i've kind of had to be the father for the past six months or whatever like, isn't that what the movie's trying Maybe to do? Maybe if it was, like, a, over a longer period. Mm. But he, he, he needs to be older. <laughs> yeah. He, he just, needs to be, like, 15, 16. Yeah. That would help so much. He needs to be older. Mm-hmm. Are we still read. doing Christ-like characters on this pod, Josh? Is that what you're proposing? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we're still doing that. I'm, I wasn't proposing that, oh, but we're definitely boy. still doing that. <laughs> what an upset for Mel Gibson to not be the Christ-like character <laughs> of a movie. He had great odds going yeah, in, no, boys. No one saw that coming. It's got to hurt him, yeah. So they go into town. I don't even really remember that being a big point in the movie, going to town. We just learn. M. Night shows up like... <laughs> M. Night. <laughs> in. <laughs> Everything that I remember from this movie is all about Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix and the kids in the house. Like 
everyone in the house starting to put foil on their heads to like hiding the TV in the closet to searching around the house for like signs of an intruder and all that stuff. I feel like that's the zone that this movie, like when it's doing the family thing, that's, that's when it's in its money zone. The Brazil tape is like the scene of this movie that everyone talks about. I love Reddit. Why? I need to find it, but it was right when like the whole alien shit was going on. How long ago was that? Time flies. Now? It's still going on. Yesterday. (laughs) But like someone took that clip and put it in 4K. And then so many people on Reddit were believing it. Especially like on the alien subreddits or UFO subreddits. And it was hysterically funny. Because you could tell these people were too young to have seen signs. And it's so funny. (laughs) Reddit's demographic. This escaped them. Yeah, they never heard of or seen signs. Signs, but here it is in 4K. We We got them, boys. What, what does it look like in 4K? Just extra blurry? <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, what do you mean by that? Upscaled it? Really upscaled. Like, really, really upscaled. Like, it was shot on an iPhone, not a camcorder. This scene has been memed to death. It's been made fun of. It's been maybe lauded to. Did it scare you this time around, too? Is there something still freaky about it? Yeah, no, this is definitely the scariest scene in the movie. Um, I am very confused about why uh, the children, they're in Brazil, and they're all screaming in Portuguese, I assume, and all of a sudden the kid says, it's behind. Why is he talking in English all of a sudden? They can do both. (laughs) What? Yeah, but why would he? He's terrified. He's an For the international audience. (laughs) We gotta hit box office numbers, Jordan. We gotta hit box office. It is spooky, but that... That uh, helped me uh, kind of bring myself out of the, the spookiness a little bit. I appreciated that little kid. It's behind <laughs> Anybody else got anything to say about that scene? I think it's one to linger on. It scared the shit out of me as a kid in the theater, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. As an adult, not so much. But like, yeah. first time viewing that scene legitimately was terrifying in the theater. That was like the Jesus Christ scene. Still is. Definitely remember watching it the first time. There's something very comedic to me about Joaquin Phoenix's reaction. <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing this in theaters like a lot of people did. This was a very big movie at the time. Like I think everyone that I knew had seen this movie in theaters. Like that's how big this movie was. And... uh Joaquin Phoenix reacts to the alien that walks by, and I laughed out loud in the theater. (laughs) And I'm not saying that it's not a scary moment. It's very well executed and very tense. But to me, I love the way Joaquin Phoenix reacts. I think it's funny. And I think it's intentionally funny. There's a lot of little things in this movie that are intentionally funny. And, uh, you know, maybe it's there to kind of offset, like, the the freakiness that they established so well up to that point. But like seeing him get so scared, I don't know. It's, uh, I like it. I think it's good. I like the shot of him wearing the tinfoil hat too. When Mel Gibson like comes around the corner and all three of them are wearing the tinfoil hat. That's cute. It's funny. It it works. Were tinfoil hats a thing before this movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it weird that like all the, all the footage seems to come from like Mexico and South America. They hate water. And it's like, they're going where it's hot. You're like, can't, 
Yeah, well, yeah, well, there's a rainforest. One would assume there's a lot of water down there, but like, yeah. it, good point. It's like, oh, like <laughs> here's good. here's grainy grainy footage from Central and South America. Like we hear that this is real. I guess I they're in India. They're in all these other places, and it's like, oh, the only videos we have are from Mexico and South America. That's it. Those USA aliens know not to step foot on the ground. <laughs> they know better. We're armed. They know. <laughs> Gotta take us real slow. <laughs> Is it ever made clear what the aliens want? Like, do you guys have any theories? Revenge. What's the opposite what? of water? There was one line where it says they're just harvesting people. Oh. Like, the dude on the radio says harvesting people, and some people got taken away. Oh, like War of the Worlds? But it doesn't seem like they're trying to take over the planet. Yeah. They hate they hate water, so they're gonna go to a planet that's two thirds water and harvest beings that are eighty percent water. <laughs> that's their end game. What? Well, you ever been to the Midwest at five in the morning? That grass is what? <laughs> they're probing. They're just probing. Mm. That that was definitely one of the biggest complaints I remember about this movie. Like afterwards, right? Everyone liked it. Everyone saw it, and then like I feel like days later, like. America as a whole was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> water. Well, it's better than Mor- Morgan Freeman coming up with a voiceover being like, they didn't like water. <laughs> they went back to their home planet. It turns out water was their weakness. The humans have the upper hand now. Water has the <laughs> yeah. upper hand now. Honestly, though, in War of the Worlds, it's something similar. What's like the thing that they hate in that? Water. War of the Worlds is literally water. It's the same thing, yeah. Wait, is it? Is no, it? Isn't it like? Yes. It's not water. Disease immunity yeah, or something. It's disease, isn't it? It's water. No. No, I don't think so. What they couldn't. Maybe get it's the water cold? in like the Orson Welles version. Uh. Yeah, they get. They all get like sick. Yeah. They all it's have like, a tummy ache, and they <laughs> die. They don't have access to tums. <laughs> they all ate Taco Bell. Taco Bell, no tums. They had to leave <laughs> to go take a shit back on their you own wait, planet. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they don't. They only like doing it at home. You know, it's like one of those things. <laughs> I ju- I just watched the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds like less than six months ago. I can't remember what happened, why they left. I do think there's a different version in the books and in the films. Like, there's a couple different reasons like why the aliens are like have a weakness, but like regardless it's water in this movie and i think like one thing i thought of today when i was watching this movie if humans were always fighting against other humans right but if we found if we were like searching the stars and we're on other planets and we found these beings that were like made of fire even though that fire lava yeah they were made of lava even though the lava like burned us on the touch just be frank we'd probably be like how could we weaponize these beings back on our home planet he's got the energy of 400 nukes we need to grab this guy we need five of them Raytheon get on it Lockheed and Martin need a couple of them to study for sure Let's get to this point in the movie, Stevie. I think there's a point where the whole family is kind of accepting their fate all at once. It's a little bit further on in the movie than we were before when I tossed this to you. But dinner table? There's a dinner table scene. Yeah. I think it might be the best scene in the movie. 
and a lot happens here. So like maybe start us out on it. Yeah. So this is a. It seems like it's almost optimistic going in. Cause everybody's like, I want to eat this. I want to eat this. Kind of like, was this, you know, your last meal for the world? What Yay, do you ice want? cream. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And it's one of those things where Mel Gibson doesn't have all the answers. And Rory, you know, the lesser Culkin. I really hope he's not listening to this. I feel bad saying that every time. But he's not Kieran Culkin. I just hard disagree anyway. Love Rory. It's awesome. He's successful. He's, he's fine. Challenging his dad and challenging him and challenging him. And Mel Gibson at a certain point has like lost faith in everything. And also he just, I don't think he knows how to be a dad at this point. And it's kind of heartbreaking. He's not going to waste another minute praying. <laughs> not this guy. Not this guy. <laughs> you see the rage in these eyes? No time for God, boys. <laughs> And I could tell you something else. I'll, I'll blame somebody else for this, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just starts going off. There's a whole community I can rant about right now. Yeah. They literally killed Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. My coin to Mel Gibson. My coin to Mel Gibson. Kylo, any, anything else about this dinner scene before we leave it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good to see Mel Gibson break down. He gives a hell of a performance mm-hmm. in this scene. I think he's really good all throughout the movie. Most everyone is good all throughout the movie. That little kid, the girl, Bo, is amazing. Little Miss Sunshine. Not just here, but like just as a child actor, she's really great. You know, she's like, she's like a strange little girl in the same way that like my niece is kind of strange so like <laughs> to me i like see it, it's like oh wow yeah she is like a real kid like an odd kid but certainly a, ghost a real one child a ghost <laughs> <laughs> mel gibson breaking down is really well executed in this moment and ultimately the family like comes together in a way that they uh, never did earlier right because there's a kind of a little bit of back and forth i really hate when he grabs joaquin phoenix it just kills the whole scene for me you mean the the comedic bit i hate it no it's such a moment you need it i I don't think you need it it's so unnecessary because a lot of the movie is joaquin phoenix being there for comedic effect right yeah somewhat yeah, like subtle, subtle comedic, comedic effect. Right? He's got the swimsuit tape that they tape over. Like yeah, he's also got the tinfoil hat, right. and you know, he's also in the closet, you know, with the meme reaction, yada yada. But it's, you know, I just I feel like that's actually like a triumphant moment where this family finally like comes together. You know, they're all broken, but they're finally just kind of like being like, all right, let's try and we're at the end of the world here. Let's try and repair this. And I just didn't like that shot of Mel Gibson. Having to grab Joaquin Phoenix. I just didn't like it. Pulling him into the hug? Yeah, I, I really didn't like that part. But don't you think Joaquin's Phoenix character probably not want to interrupt that moment between like father and kids? And like it would make sense that the big brother would bring him in. And that's kind of funny because it's a little awkward, just like the rest of the scene. It's really awkward. It looks fucking good, though, as M. Night Shyamalan zooming out Dude. and the family's all huddled up. I'm like, God, it just looks so, I don't know, it's just so aesthetically pleasing. It is so hard not, very it's hard not pleasing. to tear up when it's all just everyone's crazy mad and he's like grabbing all the pieces of food and they're all staring at him. And Bo's little scared. Bo's little like perfectly timed whelps of sadness. Oh, 
<laughs> so sad. <laughs> Spot on. I like uh, the shot after dinner when they're paneling up the door and it's like going through the door frame, like behind the panels that they're boarding up. Mm-hmm. That looks pretty cool. And then walking yeah. places like the last one. It's awesome. M. Night was really in his bag with this movie, man. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) What did happen, man? Spooky. (laughs) 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 Another thing I'll say nice about this movie, I'm not the hater here tonight. The the flashbacks are perfectly paced, like perfectly placed throughout the movie. It, It advances that part of the story just far enough where there's like... I don't know, a real sense of dread about like him confronting his dying wife whose bottom half of her body is gone. It's like gruesome and extremely sad too. Wrong parent died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. So I think it, let's talk about the mom dying a little bit and maybe kind of what that means. And I think like there's a lot of like obviously swing away Meryl is like a hint that like coincidences can't happen and that even from beyond the grave the mom can give good advice to the family on how to like defeat the aliens swing away there's a few things like that and like Bo leaving the water clearly a way for the family to stay safe in the threat of this alien invasion. But another one I thought of today is I feel like, you know that little vote they have as a family? Should they go to the lake? Should they stay at the house? I feel like if the mom was there, I feel like the movie's kind of telling you like the family as a whole wouldn't have survived. Like they would have gone to the lake and they would have gotten fucked up with the people at the lake, right? A lot of people died in this invasion from the gas or got harvested. We don't really know the fallout, but do you guys think the mom died to save the family or do you think it's left gray at all here there are no coincidences josh but why does the then why does the mom die because it's like that's the big thing of the movie you know what i mean that's like the whole point of the movie is like everything happens for a reason even m night's like dude if i would have fallen asleep 10 seconds earlier 10 seconds later like it was like meant to be but there's no i don't know there's no real benefit to the mom's death like from mel gibson's character's because perspective god is cruel yeah is that it? he has to take something <laughs> to give something is that what it is it you want just... the answers i'll take your wife <laughs> <Damn>. god needs medicine my lord <laughs> you want faith i'll take your goddamn wife you're not praying hard enough father i'm confused why josh thinks that people by the water died because i don't think that that's true um but people by the water i thought that's what josh said Uh, it's not like they came on the radio and were like everyone down by the lake passed away no i just like jonestown down here there's a family vote (laughs) right and mel gibson's like my vote counts as two so we win because i count for both parents and if you would have stopped the whole vote thing right there. I think the mom would have voted to stay. Well, that's the whole point is no one no one knows what the mom <laughs> would have said. <laughs> I I think the movie's trying to say she died for a reason and that was kind of like to save and protect the family. 
for whatever reason, the family wouldn't have survived if she was around. Well, the would the brother have moved back if she wouldn't right. have passed away? You know, exactly. like there's all these other things, and like would 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 Lil Bo Peep have like developed this water thing right. where she leaves glasses mm. all over the place? Would M Night Shyamalan been trying to call the father at that exact moment to catch an alien in his pantry? Yeah. Would the alien have gotten his little two fingers chopped off if he had not been called? Well, that does it. I'm a Christian now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, the family hugs, and we officially get into the horror part of this movie, I think. Literally, they start boarding up the house, right, guys? I mean, it's the last, house. the last 30 minutes is kind of a true... I don't know. It's what you'd expect out of a horror movie. I know we were saying the tone of the movie earlier was more like golly gee willikers or whatever, but it's pretty scary. Dark. There's basements. <laughs> There's one basement. <laughs> There's yeah. pantries, basements. <laughs> it's a creepy hand and a coal chute. <laughs> I mean, this is what I would call a like gentle horror, right? Which is like the scary shit's happening off screen, which is always a nice touch. And it's, it's not gory, but it's not gory. Yeah, horror low, thriller. Low light, which is always awesome. And you get some great scenes down in this basement, even outside of like the hand coming through the coal. Or that coal shoot, which that like, there's always two scenes that stick with me. It's one in Brazil and like the hand coming through to grab his son. That's one. But like Mel Gibson trying to calm his son down, like when he's having an asthma attack in the basement post that kind of like attack, is a really beautiful scene. Mm. Yeah, what do you think about it, Pat? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it goes on for a little too long, and I don't know why I'm watching. Walking Phoenix the whole time during this scene. It's like twenty seconds of like Walking Phoenix while this is happening, not showing Mel Gibson. I just don't Yeah, he's not a very good actor. You never no. want to see what his reactions are. <laughs> <laughs> the scene's about the connection of the son and the dad. Like why am I watching the brother, the uncle during this? There's nothing to do Pap, with that. Give your no. It's so really that is actually really weird. That was just what I was thinking. It's just like I was just bored. I was bored during that part. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like He's just gonna slide on his brain. Is that how is that how asthma works? Like, can you really no fix an asthma attack by like <laughs> breathe with me, breathe with me? Like that's what <laughs> about belief. It doesn't. He's gonna die of not being able to breathe. Like <laughs> it's dusty down there. I don't. I don't know. I didn't love it. You. I wasn't gonna say anything. You asked me. That was kind of lame. <laughs> Dang, Stevie, Stevie, I. I agree that like the low light is great, but it does bother me that they move those flashlights in the basement so slow. Like no human moves a flashlight in that way, and it, I, that that really sticks in my craw. I guess like I mean <laughs> I can't defend it. <laughs> if it were me, I, I wouldn't be anxious anxious to meet my makers. I might move it slowly as well. Like. Well, wouldn't you like flash it around to like see what's around first before you like slowly like scan every inch inch of wall? Well, I th- I thought it was to parallel the beginning of the movie. I don't. I mean, if I'm in that basement with the flashlight, I maybe don't want to see that. It's like let's take this slow. 
Let's take it slow so it jumps out very suddenly at me. Yeah, that's fine. I mean... I'd be like, Cowboy Bebop, get over there and check the corner. <laughs> I also am curious about the uh, like foresight that little Bo Peep and the mom have. Because apparently they like see the future a little bit. Is, you think the mom saying swing away was like prophetic? Like she knows? Is that what you're saying? Well, when he when he told the story about like the son being born that like creepy Colkin was exactly how she pictured him and then oh, Bo, she's an X-Men. the little girl says like, oh, I don't want you to die and like she has like feelings and stuff. Like, is this Dune? Is this what we're working with here? Or like what what is this? <laughs> the Kwisatz precog? <laughs> yeah, what what is this precog bullshit? I don't know. I it that throws me off as <laughs> well. It could be in the same universe as Unbreakable. So maybe there are powers floating around. That's actually very fair. <laughs> the Unbreakable not cinematic joking. universe. <laughs> this is actually a secret prequel to Split. That's the twist at the end. Jordan, I would like to actually think like this movie is saying that there is meaning in life. Uh, and it has to kind of put that in the language of a hour and a half movie basically that was very nice film by the way it's only 100 minutes long yeah i was thought this was longer weird. wasn't that weird every movie he made in the stretch was exactly an hour and 45 minutes long he made four <laughs> movies in a row that are exactly 105 sweet minutes it's weird it's great. Found, yeah like mike said found a sweet spot that's a good podcast length too mm. it, kylo is there anything you'd like you like about or would like to talk about in the scary parts here uh, the basement area of the movie, I think I like pretty much everything that goes down in there. I think it's well executed and it's tense. And, you know, there's something that you forget about that the movie reminds you of. And that's that this little kid has an asthma condition. So that's like, uh, that's a factor in them staying in the basement or not. And it does frame it like this kid is going to die, but he doesn't die here, but he's in bad shape for what comes next. He needs medicine. Well, that's why. Like, that's why. He, that's why he had asthma, though, right? Why? Well, yeah. The movie is pretty. I think overt, like oh, you guys were saying, in close. that everything happens for a closed, reason. So theme. You get the gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Kylo's trying to set up this final scene, this epic scene of Joaquin Phoenix speeding the shit out of an alien with the baseball bat. How does this unfold for us, Mikey? It's a great scene. Swing away, Meryl. Swing away. Chills every time Mel Gibson says swing away every time <laughs> um, yeah Jordan uh, alluded earlier about 
Mel going to the closet and that tracking shot of him bringing it back out and we see the alien in the reflection. And uh, Abigail Breslin's character, Bo Peep, does no help whatsoever. Doesn't give any, no ocular yeah, sil- awareness, no heads up <laughs> <laughs> about an alien in the room uh, that grabs your brother and shoots gas right into his face. A big stinky fart right in his, <laughs> right in his face. A hand fart. <laughs> It's a special move. Yeah, they don't know that it kills people. It's just like yeah, a fart to them, right? It's just, like, it's just them being just rude. Beef stewing people. <laughs> what is that called? The Dutch oven? Put them under the blankets of the stinky hand fart. They came here to crop dust us. I remember feelings. And... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, seeing this in theater and seeing Joaquin Phoenix hit the alien with the baseball bat and also hit glasses of water into the alien, such a cathartic feeling seeing this movie for the first time. Uh, it's like such a triumphant moment or something. Feels really good. And it's right after that flashback where we get the context of Swing Away and uh, all the all the other stuff the mom was mentioning about the kids and stuff so it just hits super hard when when grandma's is saying swing away to meryl it and he looks up and another one last bit of comedy as like joaquin phoenix looks awkwardly (laughs) up at the baseball bat it's just so perfect i love it so much mouth wide open yeah (laughs) and it's like he said when he played minor league baseball like it feels wrong not to swing so it's all like connected to this right like the reason that he struck out i guess so many times he has the most strikeouts of anyone apparently when he played baseball it's because he has to fucking swing it's it all is leading up to the moment where he brutally bashes an alien into pulp (laughs) with a baseball bat and the alien dying is from the alien's pov not a usual choice for a movie right usually when you get the bad guys pov it's like they're stalking you know budget it looks yeah we don't want to show that alien budget you don't think that was a cool choice budget meh I think it was cool in the end, but uh, yeah, I don't think they wanted to show that CGI. Maybe. Budget. Yeah. I like what, it. What CGI? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole scene was like in the reflection of the TV, too. So it was like, we really don't want to show the full effect of this thing. Yeah. I like it when it shows his human yeah. teeth. That's always kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, you hate well, it's that, also Steve. like. When it's like a biped it's like, alien, it's just a person. <laughs> it's just a guy. <laughs> this alien has a dick. Like, it's just a guy. <laughs> it's like two bright windows, so it's kind of shadowy. I don't know. Yeah, it's not great. No. No. The funny thing about this movie is the alien is the worst part. Yeah. What looks better when you can see the alien from this movie? So the clear shot of the alien from this movie, or the aliens from Arrival? Aliens from Arrival. Or sorry, the the Arrival. Oh, the arri- <laughs> not not Arrival. <laughs> well, that's the arrival. that's a tough one. Yeah, that's Corey. A, I mean, it's not even close. They're right, way freakier in this movie, and they're kind of modeled after more like the traditional alien too like the classic look of an alien yeah i think we all have that ingrained a little bit in us it's it's freaky isn't it jordan that grayish like 
Why can't they uh, have hair? They're green. The greys. I just looked up the arrival aliens, and that is tough. That is tough. <laughs> <laughs> if this alien showed up with a man bun, you would laugh your ass off. I, I mean, at uh, least some bush. I, something. Maybe we're the weird ones for having hair. Ever think some, of that? Some bush, some yeah. jumper lips. The arrival alien has like pecs and abs. <laughs> what the fuck is this? What is this movie? <laughs> The sweatiest Charlie Sheen movie you've never seen. That alien has abs. <laughs> oh, dude, it's wild. Yeah, I don't know. Like this movie could have you could have never seen the alien, and it would have been okay. Actually, I think you could actually pull that off, never having a direct shot of the alien, and some people would complain, but it would probably be for the better of the movie. I think it'd be pretty good. Would you delete the scene from Brazil though? Because I think that's probably like the most you want. Pass on to something here. I think that I think that's fine. The grainy found okay. footage of yeah, the yeah. alien. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. Pap. I yeah. thought the uh, scariest moment of the entire movie is where Mel Gibson is boarding up the entire house. Mm-hmm. This is post like when you were born speeches, which I do love. Um, and he looks out the window, and you can get a sense that they're out there, and he sees them. Mm-hmm. And there's this sense of pure fear and dread that comes over Mel Gibson. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, they, they play around with having the aliens POV just do the whole final battle from the aliens POV. Like, yeah, it's going to be corny, but it's less corny than the way the CGI turned out. It holds This is the part of the movie that holds up the least good out of a pretty good movie overall. Least well. <laughs> well, okay. <Semantics>. Pedantic. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I've seen this online before, but they're they're boarding up the doors like kind of on the wrong side. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, come on. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> they're boarding it up on an ins- like, like on the inside on an outswing. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like you would open up the door and then and then be able to just pound through the nails. We're, we're good. <laughs> it's like a family guy joke or something, right? <laughs> It's like the Big Lebowski when he's trying to like hammer in that thing in the <laughs> <Yes>. floor. <laughs> yeah. The alien comes in and trips. He's all over his rug. <laughs> this door really tied the room together. Everyone gets saved at the end. Well, at least in this family. I guess it was a bloodbath out there, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was fucked up, man. Kind of wish I would have seen some of that. Uh, At least Jordan Peele showed us that nope. Like, Do you think M. Night lived? One of the things I think is kind of cool about this movie is that it is an alien invasion movie, but from a very small-scale perspective. It's from the perspective of this family. So, like, what is it that this one family has to deal with during this whole thing? You know, there could be other families dealing with it in a different way. You could kind of imagine what the military or other people are doing. But I like this scaled-back look at it. It's kind of cool. Kind of like a quiet place. Or a quiet place, too. Or a 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but... Yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane, although that is, I think, superior. Quiet Place really has the same vibes with the farmhouse and everything. What about like when they open the book and the house in the book is exactly like their house and there's three <laughs> dead people? Like, I think it scared the shit out of Mel Gibson. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was spooky to see like a father character with like two dead kid characters yeah. just no burnt up in the grass. Yeah, no wife. Around. No wife. So like God did that on purpose? Like in the logic of the movie, that the was like a sign movie, from yes. God? Like yeah. That's why Rory was so smart to open up to that specific page at that time. Mm. Any other final thoughts? The Lord Sorry. works in mysterious Sorry. ways. These are great first final thoughts. Do you guys have any more final thoughts? Just pure speculation, Stevie. Does does M Night live or die? Everyone down by the lake. <laughs> just go sit in the lake neck Why? deep. You're, you'll be fine. <laughs> just float. Yeah. Just wait it out. I... Yeah, they're like bees. <laughs> bees. <laughs> I think he's dead, and not from an alien. Whoa. Suicide. Fell asleep I, I, driving to the lake. I think a human just got him. <laughs> you think what? Like a human just took him out. Yeah. He hit some other poor fucker's wife. <laughs> he gets hit by a car. Somebody else just like uh, pillaging out there. No. Um, <laughs> this doesn't sound terrible, but I mean, it, it is the way it was. Like, this is like a year after 9 11, right? And we're in the middle of bumfuck Pennsylvania. I wouldn't put it past a guy just to be like, all right, and go after M. Night. Hmm. He got lynched? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. So this was his fault? The alien invasion happened? <laughs> Dude, I'm surprised that terrorism isn't mentioned in this movie at all. Like, that would have been, like, at the time what people would be thinking, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. interesting. Because like, you have an event, people watching the TV, like that kind of thing. I don't know. It's interesting. It's not brought up because that's well, why. Strange. That's why people say War of the Worlds did so bad. Is like people didn't want to see nine eleven shit like four years after nine eleven, basically. Oh yeah. Did. Yeah, disaster movies were done. Mm. That scene where Mel Gibson goes to his house. Do you think he was like? He thought Ray was suicidal. He thought M Night was suicidal. That's why he went to his house immediately. Or. I wasn't sure what his motivation was to go. That seemed a little bit out of his character to do that. He was thinking at the very least he could whoop this guy's ass if anything went down. <laughs> <laughs> One last ass beat. Good opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's like the world's going to shit. If anything, I can beat this guy's ass for running over my wife. You got something to say? Gonna hang up on me, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> a prank call me? Kill my wife? Hang up on me? Why do you think he went over there, Stevie? Um, I don't think, this is just me thinking, um, that he ever got to actually speak to him after it happened. And I think Mel Gibson had all these things he wanted to say and all this rage built up. And I think when he like couldn't speak and he had tears in his eyes and he just had kind of this like silent rage about him, I think that was like him coming to terms with like, I forgive this guy, but I'm not going to say it. Mm. Yeah, I guess it would have been better if it was Tom Hanks, but you know whatever. No, it's been a million times worse. <laughs> and no, I'm making fun of Pappy, oh. not you. No. What Tom you, Hanks would have been over way- there playing Marvel Snap. Oh, come on, Ray. Tom Hanks would have been way better in this Ray. role. Way better. Some of the lines felt Ray. like they were written for Tom Hanks. Tom <laughs> Hanks can pull up like. <laughs> May the, not be a smart man, but I do know what Alien is. Like I don't buy for a second that this Mel Gibson guy d- doesn't want to say ass. Like, come on, that's ridiculous. That's so stupid. It's all about the rage behind the eyes. 
He, the guy doesn't not supposed to have rage. He's supposed to be humble pie Jack. He doesn't have any rage. Hum- what? Humble pie Jack. He has rage. He has so much rage. At God, His not at other dead people. Wife. Yes. Dead yeah. wife. Yes. God. It's not real, is what he, he has thinks. so much pain in his eyes. Tom Hanks can't pull that off. Uh, do you think Mel Gibson's a better actor than Tom Hanks? For this role, yes. Overall, no. Mm. Have you ever seen when Woody gets hurt? It's hilarious. Oh, there's a snake in my boot. <laughs> okay, I don't know why we're calling Tom Hanks a bad actor all of a I'm not sudden. calling him a bad actor. But I think the audience knows that Tom Hanks is a perfectly Remember fine actor. Remember when Tom Hanks' son gets killed in Road to Perdition, and you just hear him up in the hallway going, Okay, that was pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Remember in the Burbs when a bunch of bad shit happens to him and he's like... You're right, Josh. Tom Hanks is a bad actor. Never mind. You're right. Mel Gibson's a cool dude. <laughs> Fire and Brimstone sponsor Mel Gibson <laughs> funds it. <laughs> Don't count on it. Oh. They do say at the end of this movie that three, what they say, three primitive cities in the Middle East figured out mm. the water weakness. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird line. Anybody have any takeaways? <laughs> no that? details given. Yes, I know exactly what they mean. The cities are so primitive, all they have are super soakers, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> Jeez. Josh, I, I do want to know, I guess, from <laughs> those of you on the pod who are parents um is hearing like some strange strange uh sounds from a baby monitor like the most terrifying thing in the world because that that is actually a scary thing to me uh we weren't really baby monitor family no stevie how did you monitor the baby yeah you have this sense of dread built into your brain every two hours you hear them crying <laughs> oh god I mean, I do that in the night sometimes. I wake up at two or three in the morning and just go check on my son. Like I, we're not a baby monitor family, uh, so mm. if I hear like even like the slightest like crick in the house, I go and look for it. Yeah, like I just I get real defensive, and I mean, the idea of like hearing something creepy on a baby monitor would be terrifying, uh, but I've never experienced it. I do think that scene was awesome where you can hear the back and forth like clicking language of the aliens on the baby monitor. That was cool. It is like the arrival, the way they talk, though. (laughs) Would you like to see the ruins, my friend? (laughs) Oh, man. Any more final thoughts before we get into yes or no's? Yes. I think one of the biggest scenes of the movie is between Joaquin Phoenix and the Mel Gibson when they're sitting on the couch oh, and call, you know call, Joaquin call. Phoenix asks for comfort and Mel Gibson gives him comfort in his I guess reverend way right he explains how with this situation that's going to change the world there's kind of two perspectives you can take and he outlines the perspective of you know you can see this as random chance 
looking at it from like a 50-50 perspective. I guess he's kind of describing like the atheist perspective. Like anything could happen from here. But then he talks about like, I guess, the more religious, faithful perspective of no matter what happens, basically God's got your back and you know for sure that everything will be okay eventually uh, with that in mind. I think that scene is really, really well done. It's obviously like the theme, the message of the movie is all laid out right there. But the way that scene is shot, like the way their faces are and the way their eyes are lit by the light of the TV and how it's like half dark and half light on each side of their face, I just think works really well. Well acted scene, well shot scene, great scene. Mel Gibson's right eyeball is lit crazily. It just catch the rest of his the right rage, side of his face rage. is dark, but his eyeball is like just protruding enough. What about Joe Queen's story about the girl who almost puked in his mouth though? <laughs> <laughs> that part that half of the scene's so weird. Like He's telling like a funny story with levity to kinda like take him out of the shit moment. And then Mel Gibson just like God is dead. Yeah, takes exactly. him right back to the yeah. shitter. <laughs> the rage comes out. We are alone. <laughs> there is no God. I also hate God, who is not real. <laughs> yeah. Who I don't believe in. But I also talk to him. But so, in a basement holding my son, I will scream at him. Yeah. It's a weird thing that I never understood. It's one thing to be like, there's no God. It's another thing to be like, I hate God. I think they're separate, you know? I don't know. It's like one or the other. Like, pick a lane. For your rage here, Mel. I think that people that are like that are faithful probably think that people that aren't actually just don't like God. I don't know. I've heard that online and stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily true. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pappy. Why don't you start us off with the yes or no's? <laughs> Can I get a little music for my yes or no yeah, in the background? You. This is the main title sequence. I like it a lot. Okay. I do like it. Done a lot of Joaquin Phoenix recently. Joe Quinn. Joe Quinn. I'm excited for I'm excited for the Joker sequel too. I think that sounds really fucking weird. Like that's a musical. Like Stevie's It's a musical? It's a musical. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, there we go. I'm in. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Napoleon. M Night, on the other hand, this is probably his last great stand. You know, Jordan and I famously shit on Split a bunch. Me and Mikey enjoyed it. <laughs> Glass. Yeah, you guys are in the wrong. Glass sucked too. I mean, it was okay. Ass. Yeah, go ass. That's my humor. More like ass. But this is. I would say like this is just a a good solid movie. I I don't know. I feel like there is something missing. The trilogy of unwatchable ass and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Unbreakable is a good movie too. I love Unbreakable. Yeah, M Night made three really fucking good movies, and I was just like, I was literally just like scrolling through the movie on my phone, and literally at every point I paused it, it just looks fucking good. Like it's just a really good looking movie. I think thematically, there's something that's I can't quite put my finger on that's not there. Like I still don't really know why the wife had to die. Like I feel like that's a question the movie has to answer. If because that's like God, no, yeah, but why? But why? I, I don't know. But why though? Very solid. Yes, I like it a lot. Good movie. Probably the last really good M Night movie that he ever made or ever will make. <laughs> yes. 
Hmm. Stevie. Katoon, hmm. Katoon. Um. Man, it's so hard to think about. This is a director who made <laughs> Six Sense Unbreakable signs back to back to back, like Pap said, and then went on to make The Last Airbender and After Earth for crying out loud. The Pappening. The happening, the happening. Good God. <laughs> um, this to me, I think, is M. Night's best movie uh, from my perspective. I think it's it's a huge story on a very small scale. Alien Invasion sounds like a huge story, but really it's family in a farmhouse trying to kind of come back from a death in the family. And I think Mel Gibson knocks it out of the park in this. Every scene, like Pap said, looks dynamite. I think this is M. Night at his absolute best, which is him not trying to throw in a twist at the end. Yeah, good call. It's just an actual story that has an arc, and there's not breadcrumbs along the way. It's just it's an actual story that unfolds, and by golly, do I love when Mel Gibson is kind of angrily talking at God while he's holding his son who's you know dying in the basement. I think that's a great, great scene. And um, M. Night's best movie by a mile. Hardest of yeses. The fact that aliens are allergic to water is a bit of a twist. It's not. What is it, then? They say it early in the movie. It's not a twist. God's real. That's the twist. That's the twist. God is real. (laughs) This is Josh from Goshen. Huge... Yes, for me, one of my favorite movie theater experiences of all time. One of my freakiest drive homes from a movie theater of all time. One of my favorite make fun of Brother Jordan about movies of all time. (laughs) I love so much that Jordan is freaked out about aliens. And I love this movie. I think Joaquin Phoenix, even though he's like comic relief, does a lot of heavy lifting for the audience as you move through this and keeps a lot of it watchable even in the awkward moments and frankly Mel Gibson however he may be on a human level he kills it in this movie to me I think he's amazing Um, rock hard Vigo yes let's move on over to Jode brother Jordan uh yeah I mean first off great to just be back chatting with you guys oh yeah, yeah. that was um, the twist jordan shows me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twist um no i it's it's a yes i mean it definitely freaked me out as a kid the like i said the first like 40 minutes of this is still a little uh it, it gets me going a little bit um but it is funny to kind of look back on the the terror that it caused me as a child um I think there's a bit to say about movies where they say the title like multiple times in the dialogue, uh, but no, it's good. I would definitely say it's a yes. I probably will never watch it again, hey. but it's a yes for sure. Everyone should have watched it at least once. No, no, not because it's bad, just because there's other movies to watch. Um, just because yeah, you're scared. A soft yes, but a yes. Yeah, where are you with that, Jordan, in Fear of Aliens? Uh, I've moved on to acceptance, uh, given the times we are in. (laughs) (laughs) Talk more about that, please. You think we're fucked here, Jordan? 
Are they here for a takeover? Are they hostile? I mean, I don't think they'll resort to ground tactics, but... uh, (laughs) They're just going to be in charge of the NBA. (laughs) I mean, it's... (laughs) Nice, Stevie. (laughs) So baseball bats aren't the way to go? No, I would say baseball bats. I mean, maybe water could be our our saving grace, um, but come to terms of living life, uh, just got to keep on keeping on. (laughs) That's a good brother. Did you give it a yes or a no? Did I miss that? Uh, like a flaccid yes. Uh, sorry, a a soft yes, not flaccid. Huge distinction between soft and flaccid as well. So make sure to put that in the record. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Okay, Kylo. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a yes. I did really like this movie. I think I liked it a bit more when it came out. This movie had a lot of hype because uh, the M Night star was rising at the time you know people loved uh the sixth sense and his name was like everywhere he was getting like articles written about him like the next spielberg and all this stuff like he was blowing up and getting so much publicity and uh, i think signs was a great addition to the uh, movies that he directed there is a definite drop off but i don't think it's at the next movie which is the village i actually like the village so i'm one of the few people I think that still likes that one. Uh, I think it just depends on how you look at that movie if, as a horror movie or not. And I don't really look at it that way. But the village aside, Signs does what it's doing really well. Sometimes it can be a little bit on the nose with, with the point it's trying to lay down. But I think that's okay for the most part. It's kind of cool to see this small scale alien invasion thing go down. And, you know, the movie wraps up very nicely and it's scary in its own way, but it's not like overly anything. It's not overly gory. It's not overly jump scary. It doesn't like do too much. And I think in a decade where horror movies were just absolutely fucking abysmal, uh, (laughs) Signs really stands out among them because the 2000s horror movie scene is fucking awful, man. So, yeah, I'll give it a yes. I will say one other thing, though. Watch some scenes on YouTube from Scary Movie 3 (laughs) after watching Signs. Because they're not particularly funny on their own, but they're kind of funny after watching Signs. (laughs) Like the alien reveal where they recreate that. There's a couple moments where, like, you know, the famous Joaquin Phoenix Brazil scene from this movie, they redo that, and the alien just walks by so casual. (laughs) And then there's another scene where it's, like, a frat party, and, like, the alien is one of the guys in the background holding a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Scary movies were pretty fun. Movies, pretty fun. They had their moments, you know, with the right viewpoint, the right perspective. After watching one of the movies, and they're fresh in your mind, definitely. All right, that's all I got. Well, thank you for your viewpoint and your perspective, Kylo. Let's head on over to Chicago to Mikey. Um, it's definitely a really hard yes. Love this movie a whole bunch. I think it's edited great. Uh, I love the flashbacks. I think they work perfectly in this movie. And I was perusing the IMDb trivia, and it said, I mean, I don't know how accurate this is, but it said that uh, this was his easiest movie to direct and write for himself. And it feels that way because, like we said, he doesn't try to put it 
a crazy twist on the end just to be cheeky with the whole movie. Uh, it seems like this was much more straightforward, much more uh, direct and uh, more aligned with its own theme than a lot of his other stuff. So I think it's like his most coherent, best thing that he's made. Um, I like a lot of his other stuff too, but he does have some stinkers. Um, but I love this movie. I think it's great. I think it's great cast. I get chills in the last scene uh, that takes place inside the screen of a TV. I, I, I don't know. It's just uh, there's something about this movie that like... There's only so many scary movies that have ever like had a lasting impression on me and like it's this Jaws, The Thing and like maybe one other movie but like I can just remember the scare of those movies so viscerally like this movie had me jumping out of my seat like the first time I saw it. It's just amazing watching it the first time so super hard yes to any movie that can make you do that and make you feel that way for even just 10 seconds when that alien is walking across the alley it's just so good just what a great reveal and joaquin's reaction at that time is great love the movie super hard yes it's a lot of yeses pat i gave it a yes i'm not a hater I know. I'm asking you, what it? What kind of food is it? Hater. Hater aid. It's just water. <laughs> a nice clean it's, glass of it's water. It's water, but it's old. <laughs> it has a speck of dust in it. Someone else drank some earlier. I will say, Rory tried to drink it. Shyamalan, rarefied air for a director. Four movies. <clears throat> He's up there with Raimi, and I think uh, who's the uh, Fast and Furious guy? Um, Lynn. Lynn. Is like the most most movies ever, and if we do the happening soon, he's going to be a, almost the king of spoilers. Shyamalan has a chance at the throne. I don't think we are. Wow, going to be doing the happening soon. Why? I don't know why you think we would. <laughs> Stevie owes a punishment movie for the happening. Really? I'll do it. From uh, doesn't sound right. From trivia night. Yeah, <laughs> let's do did trivia. We do the Unbreakable trilogy? We could always do that. We haven't done Unbreakable. We did the. Shit. Shit yeah. your ass. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think we, I think we did Unbreakable for, for Stevie, didn't we? Yeah, Stevie had to do it for a punishment one, one other time, I thought. Punishment? Unbreakable? Because he called it unwatchable. <laughs> I called it unbearable. Pappy and I still have to drive across town to get home. Let's wrap this up. I got some quick trivia. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> The man known for twists. Straight up closest to how old is this dude? <laughs> I hate you so much. Pappy, you're up. I hate you oh so much. Oh my god. <laughs> Extraterrestrial. What's the twist? Um. He's old. Non-human <laughs> intelligence. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 52. Damn it. Stevie. I think your wife's coming down here to kick us out. Yeah. 
maybe. No, because I thought he was like 26 or 28 when he did the Sixth Sense. Um, he looks young as shit in this movie. Yeah, he does. Uh, 54. Jode? 58? No, 57. Sorry. Kylo. I'll go on the high side. I'll say 58. Mm. Mikey, we've got 52, 54, 57, 58. 50. 50. M. Night Shyamalan. It's 53 years old. He's actually 53 years old in two months, which means Stevie's guess of 54 is the closest. Stevie, you got a hot take? And while you're at it, please take us out to Spoiler Man. Um, not a hot take. Uh, I know the writer's strike is tentatively over, correct? Writer's and actor's strike is tentatively over. Actor's still on, I thought. Is the actor's strike still on? Anyway, um, if you need a show to watch, I recommended this to Pappy not too long ago, just go back and watch The Wire. It's the single greatest television show ever made. It's just that good. Get through the... It's a weird thing to say, but get through the second season. And there's real, really great payoffs. So I'll say, uh, go and watch The Wire if you haven't. It's definitely worth it. It's on Max. And um, that was spoilers. Spooky spoilers. Spooky spoilers. That is right. Jordan's back. (laughs) (laughs) He's back. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. I don't work around in tight clothes. She zombie. I stay at home for most of the time. Public and it's a f- embarrassment to me. Druid King. You look like a f- Nick. Honey, and if you get raped by a pack, only your fault. The Meg. All right. Nurse Stacy. Because you provoked it. The wall. And you are provocatively dressed all the time. PK! With your fake boobs, you feel you have to show off. Barky420. Tight outfits. Spencer. And tight pants. Brother Brian. Just you see your boobs from behind. Gale. And that green thing today was enough. Swole. That's provocative. Dr. Lar. Okay. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. About to hop on to spoilers. First time in decades. Just waiting here. Waiting on Josh to text. I don't quite know how to time up 
my thing here, so I'm just gonna let it ride until he texts me. Oh boy. You might hear the little text tone in the background. I wonder what the opening question is. Probably like, what's the scariest movie you ever saw? This one? This is the one? This should be fun. Good edit by whoever does this, by the way. Man, I hope Josh didn't forget about me. That was spoilers.